Greetings and welcome to Shnaim Mikra, the podcast series sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted here at OU.org, in which each podcast highlights one of the aliyot of the current week's parasha, and we read it, we study, examine, and analyze the parasha. My name is Yitzchak Shalom, and I'm delighted to be studying Parashat Bahalotcha with you here. And we are now in the fourth Aliyah, Revi'i, which begins in Perak Tet Pasuk Tet Tetvav, chapter 9, verse 15. We just concluded the law of the Pesach Sheni, the make-up Korban Pesach, to be done exactly a month later for those people who were Tameh or Bederach. And now we are going to take a look at a narrative which takes us uh, back to the census at the beginning of the of uh, Sefer Bamidbar, and uh, and describes the preparations for travel, or shall we say, uh, narrative of the travelogue. So on the day that the this picks up now back from the end of Sefer Shmot, on the day that the Mishkan was uh, constructed, the Anun covered the Mishkan, the cloud covered the tabernacle. Lo al now the word Yihiyah here doesn't mean will be, but it was what we call the ongoing present, uh, which in uh, biblical grammar will use the future tense, meaning this is what constantly happens. In the evening, the cloud looks like a fire until morning, and during the day look like a cloud. This is how it always is. It, the cloud covers it, and it looks like fire at night. And now, So when the cloud lifts up above the tent, then B'nai Yisrael travel. And in the place where the cloud then rests, and lo, notice the word Yishkon, and connected to Mishkan, that's where B'nai Yisrael camp. So in other words, B'nai Yisrael were camped at Har Sinai when they finally finished constructing the Mishkan. The cloud descended and covered the Mishkan. And then, when it came time, which we're going to see very soon in our parasha, that the cloud lifted up and it was time to travel, they followed the cloud. When the cloud stopped and rested down, they set up the Mishkan and the camp around it. And now we hear the following, Alpi Adonai Yisu B'nai Yisrael. They traveled based on the word of God, meaning the cloud. So they traveled and they camped based on the word of God. As long as the cloud rested on the Mishkan, they would encamp there. Now we're going to follow the rest of this little parshia with the Sforno's commentary, which is absolutely gorgeous. He talks about how each one of these verses describes part of the great merit uh, and uh, badge of honor of B'nai Israel that is best summarized by the beautiful words in the beginning of the second parak of Yirmiyahu, Zacharti lach chesed remember your love from your young days, lechtech acharai bamidbar, following me, God says, in the desert, the Eretz lo in a land that was not planted. So here we go. If the cloud was over the Mishkan for many days, they would keep God's watch and not travel. So the Sforna points out, even if it meant being in a desolate place, a place where there was no oasis, where there's nothing, nonetheless, if that's where the cloud rested, they waited. 
And sometimes you would have a circumstance where a cloud would be uh, on the Mishkan for a uh, a uh, a long time, and it and the Sforno points out even if it was a nice place, nonetheless, what does the text say? Don't think that they stayed there because it was nice. They stayed there because God said to stay there. Sometimes the cloud would be somewhere just from overnight, meaning that they were always ready to travel. And even if this, Forno points out, even if they were in a beautiful place, if God said to leave, they left. If the cloud lifted in the morning, if it was there day and night, Again, it could be that it would, they'd get there somewhere at the end of the day. It would look beautiful. They'd get excited. We have a beautiful oasis to stay in, a beautiful, nice place. And then the next morning would lift up. They would go. Or sometimes it would be a full day and night. Sometimes it would be two days, or it could be a month, or it could be a whole year. Um, and uh, and they would stay there. When the Anan was there for a long time, they would camp. And not travel and then when it lifted up, they would travel. And as the Sforno points out here, one of the beautiful descriptions here is that never knowing how long you're going to be there meant that you really couldn't put your things in order. You couldn't settle in at any point. And yet they were loyal to that. And then to sum it up, they would travel based on God's word. They would they would they would camp based on God's word. They travel based on God's word. And mishmeret Adonai shamaru Moshe. They would keep God's guard based on the way God told Moshe. And now we get the second half of this Aliyah, which describes another component of the travel, but now it's not descriptive, it's normative. God commands, Make two silver trumpets. Make them from whole silver and carve them out, a whole piece. Which is a parallel, of course, to the Kuvim and to the Menorah in the Mishkan, and you're going to see the connection with the Mishkan. They're for purposes to gather the community and to have everyone travel. We just heard about the traveling. Now, how do we do this? The people, we don't yet know who's going to do it, are going to blow. And it means a blast. If they blow the, the, this, then everybody gathers. It's some important announcement. If only one of them is blasted, then only the leaders come. And then if you blow a trua, which is a broken sound of some sort, then the eastern camps, meaning Yehuda, Yisachar, and Zvulun, will travel. So in other words, this is used to tell them to travel. And then blow another trua. And then the second camp, which is Reuven, that's in the south, would travel. They will blast a trua every time that they travel. But as we saw, when you gather the community, you only do the blast and not the trua. A part of the sense of this is that traveling as a camp is very much in readiness of and in preparation for war, where the trua very much comes in. Whereas gathering the people together is a communal issue, and that's where the tekiah plays in. As mentioned earlier, we don't know who's to blast the show, the shofarot. Now we find the chatzotzrot. Now we find out it's the kohanim. And that is forever. And when you come to go to war in your land, enemy, enemy, any enemy attacks you, then make the truah sound. 
with the Chatzotot. So you see, the Trua is associated with war. Veniz Kartem, Lifnei Adonai Eloichem. This, of course, is very much tied in with Rosh Hashanah. You shall be remembered before God. You'll be saved from your enemies. This is part of war. Also, on your happy days, your festive days, take a look at the Mishnah at the end of Asachat Sukkah that describes the various number of tkiot done every day in the Mikdash. As it says here, you blast it on the Ola and on the Shlamim, meaning when it's brought, it will be a zikaron, you will be commemorated and remembered before God. And that's how this parasha ends. And we're going to see uh, in the next Aliyah, in the next podcast, again, two related parashiyot, again, dealing with the travels of B'nai Yisrael. But in the meantime, I wish everybody a wonderful day.